Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Crady, Martin Palomo of Pinnacle, with me here today. As always, we're taping this around 10.30 a.m. on Thursday, May the 26th. Still having to put timestamps on things because we yep. live, we, move, we, things move too quick. We live in a crazy world. Um, we'll get to a, a number of topics. We're going to talk about some financial stuff that's out there we'll talk about some things that have happened in our world a little bit who knows where we'll go over the next i don't know 40 minutes or so but uh first before we get started i'll tell you that i'm coming to you from the clark ford studios clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900 is the number call it ask for Corey clark tell Corey what ford product you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes even if you are in business hours even if you're not necessarily looking for a ford you just want to make sure that you're not getting uh, kind of screwed over by someone else in what is a pretty crazy car market right now with supply demand issues, uh, all of that stuff, supply chain, all those things that are happening. Corey will help you there too. 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people what's going on at Pinnacle. Yeah, man. Uh, we are rocking and rolling uh, at Pinnacle, man. I mean, lots of, you know, if we talked about a good bit on the show really in the last six months about all of the good, you know, the good things happening here, which of course, you know, we got the opportunity to, to uh, the second generation of, of advisors got the opportunity to buy pinnacle from, you know, the first generation from, from Stacy and from Beth and all those folks that, that really helped put this, this company together 25 years ago. And uh, man, we are, you know, kind of talk about some crazy stuff too. We've been looking for, um, you know, a new place, uh, a new building, a, a new lease, because the space that we're in was is owned by Pinnacle Trust, and um, they have to sell it to return capital to previous shareholders. Anyway, that's too much detailed information that doesn't matter for most folks. But man, we've had, um, it's been kind of a wild market to try to find office space, which I would not have thought, uh, you know, post-pandemic. And um, so I said all that to say, man, is like, I'm not saying things are kind of starting to get back to normal, but it kind of feels like things are, are starting to move back to some normalcy where people are, are leasing office space. But then you look at your markets or your, you know, 401k or your IRA and you go, man, this is crazy. Markets are down. You know, we're actually up from the lows. Um, and you know, it's been a good buying opportunity if you have cash and can be patient. But, uh, you know, now is that time too, where it's like, it, it feels like it's not normal um, and really should be looking at your plan, making sure you're on track versus, you know, if I could give the advice, the blanket advice to everyone, which would be just April was an awful, awful, awful month. I mean, probably one of the worst months in the markets in in memory and recent memory. Uh, just don't look at that statement. Just shred it. Uh, it's not you're not going to be happy Um no matter what, whether you're in bonds or whether you're in stocks, but, but bonds are starting to work again. Stocks are moving up. Uh, not that that will continue permanently. Um, you may, we have may have a little bit more downside, but, 
but uh, that's where looking at, you know, looking at your plan, making sure you're on track is probably a really, a really good idea. So if, uh, you know, if, if you don't have someone that's kind of helping you with the, you know, am I okay on the plan side, you know, we'd love to talk, uh, 601-957-0323. We've actually had a couple of listeners reach out recently. And, um, you know, I say this all the time and I'll say it again is, you know, we're a good fit for some and we're not a good fit for some and, and that's okay. I don't, you know, I don't get my, my feelings hurt. If we talk to someone and they're like, uh, you know, I'm looking for something different. It does not hurt my feelings at all. I'd rather people be happy. Um, but you can also hit us through email at info at my P I N N wealth.com. I would get a couple things. I'll, I'll start this one. This is, um, late yesterday, the story ran, um, in Wall Street Journal, this is Amara Omiokwe, I believe is how you, you would pronounce that name. Um, if her parents are listening, and I mispronounced it, I apologize. Uh, U.S. inflation and economic growth are forecast to cool later this year. And in 2023, the Congressional Budget Office said Wednesday, reflecting an economy in a moment of transition the nonpartisan agency's budget and economic projections came as the federal reserve has begun raising interest rates in an effort to combat inflation actions that some economists and market observers think are likely to bring an economic slowdown in the US and possibly a recession the cbo forecast are also scrutinized by Washington lawmakers and policymakers given the prominent role inflation and the path of the economy are playing politically ahead of midterm elections that will determine which party controls Congress. Uh, Elevated inflation persists in 2022 because of the combination of strong demand and restrained supply, CBO Director Philip Swaggle said in a statement. After 2022, economic growth slows and inflationary pressure eases. The CBO is, isn't projecting an annual contraction in economic output. Rather, it forecasts slowing growth with inf- inflation-adjusted gross domestic product estimated to expand 3.1% in the fourth quarter from the previous year compared with 5.5% in 2021. The economy expanded 2.6% in 2019, the last full year before the pandemic took hold. I know there's a lot here, but basically yeah, there's long- about five things that we could talk about separately that you just said. Yeah, so, so long-term- And we can talk about all of them, too. Yeah, well, long-term, what is They're that? They're important. Yeah, long-term, what does that mean? It means that things are- this Because people are, people are freaked out right now yep. with inflation. I mean, the gas prices are insane. Yep. You go to- you go, to, you go to Kroger, and, and what used to be $150 is now $240. And, I mean, yep. people, are, people are like, man, this is, this, this is not sustainable. So what's, what's going to happen? Yep. So, uh, man, let's, let's kind of microbite all of kind of a lot of those topics that, that you talked about. So one of the things that I think in the very beginning of the article that you said was, you know, they feel like uh, there's going to be a little bit of an economic slowdown and maybe, and that's what you hear everyone say when they, right before they say the R word is it's usually a maybe, maybe possibly a recession is the, is the word possibly a recession, maybe a recession, potentially a recession. So, you know, just technical definition of recession is two consecutive quarters of negative 
GDP growth. So just keep that in your head too. And I'm about to say what I'm going to say. So with inflation persisting, the way that the way that we that we choke inflation out, because really what inflation is, is the results of an overheated economy. So, you know, there's just like I said, there's not enough supply. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of demand because we still have the American consumer still has historically is still in the in a, the most healthy state we've been in historically. We have lots of cash, you know, in checking accounts and bank accounts. Um, than we've had previously. And some of that is is abating a little bit because inflation does eat into it. So the Federal Reserve's job is to, you know, keep, inf- keep inf- inflation checked and keep, you know, unemployment levels low. That's really their two, that's their two mandates. And so if you have an overheated economy and you have inflation, the Fed's tool to choke that out is to raise interest rates because as things get a little bit more expensive, people will just make you know alternative decisions. Um, and we've kind of seen we've seen a little bit of slowing in April. It looks like there's the first sign of some things slowing down. So you've seen it in um, used car prices, which if you remember in previous shows when we were talking about what makes up you know, these soaring inflation numbers, um, a lot of it was used car prices. Uh, also, housing prices just by nature um, will start coming down as demand slips for purchasing homes um, because interest rates are higher. So it's going to cost, you know, me and you more dollars each month in our in our interest payment um, as a part of our mortgage as rates go up. And I'm going to I'm going to caveat that with even with the and I don't know what the mortgage rate is on the 30 year right now. Uh, I mean, I could look it up real quick, but I, I, I imagine it's probably either in the high fours or the low fives. I'm looking right now. Um, keep going. I'm looking. Well, yeah, while you're looking, I'll, I'll keep talking. Historically speaking, that's still low. Now, it's not as low as when you could get it at, you know, two and a half or 3%, but that was not normal either. So really the interest rates are kind of trying to get back to some type of normalization because we haven't been in a normal environment in a really, really long time. But, you know, as, as home, as demand kind of slips for housing, um, just because people say, well, you know, if I was getting an interest rate of three and a half percent, you know, I could afford that $500,000 house. But, you know, now that my interest rate is going to be 5%, maybe I can really, my payment that I can afford is, you know, maybe a $400,000 house. The average so, rate, the average, not to interrupt you, I was going to give it to this to you. It's, it's actually a little higher than you thought. The average rate okay. on a 30 year fixed rate mortgage was 5.25% as of last okay. week. This is according to Freddie Mac. That's up from 3.11% at the beginning of the year. That is, the year. that is significant. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a huge that's a huge jump. But what it does is it chokes out that demand, right? Because if you know if if you're you know if if you Neil go in and go, hey, look, I got fifteen hundred bucks a month that I can spend on a mortgage. You know, you're going to be able to buy a whole lot more house if it's three point one percent versus you know five point two five, a whole two percent difference, which is a 
which is a huge number in, you know, uh, in your, in your payment. So, you know, a lot of these home prices that have been elevated because there was so much demand because cost of the cost of the transaction, the interest rate on the home was so cheap, you know, people are going to start saying, well, gosh, you know, I can't, I can't afford to pay top dollar for a house now. So, you know, I'm going to pay, you know, I've, I can only pay what I'm, what I can afford to pay. And we'll start seeing some of those prices, you know, come down, which, which we did see, you know, home sales dip in, in April, which was kind of the first sign of the, Hey, the fed, the raising of the rates is working. Uh, we saw, you know, used car prices, um, come down a little bit. So, you know, in the first quarter of this year, we had a slightly negative GDP number. Um, I know it was like, I think it was like 1.3%. And I, you told me this morning pre-show has been revised, but I have not, I had a, a client meeting before we jumped on. So I had not, I have not seen the revised number. Uh, is it, is it a whole lot worse or I can look it up real quick. Is it, was it's, it, it's, what's the revised number? It was uh minus, it was down to one, one five. I'm st- I've been okay. searching for that too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty decent revision, but down 1.5. So think about what happened in first quarter too. So we had the beginning of the Russia, Ukraine conflict. Um, you know, you had some of the, the end of the quarter, you had some of the COVID variant stuff with in China, um, you know, where they were locking China down. There were a couple of things that happened that could also help explain away, you know, a, 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 a down, a negative GDP you know, quarter. Also, you know, kind of year over year, you think about where we were last year, we were really kind of in the, in the reopening, um, mindset of the economy, uh, in 2021, even though it sounds silly to say, you know, 2020, Q1, 2021, we were reopening, but a lot of the nation was really still just coming out of quote unquote, you know, lockdown. So I've got this for you. So you'll, you'll know the number. Real uh, real gross domestic product decreased at an annual rate of 1.5% in the first quarter of 2022, following an increase of 6.9% in the fourth quarter of 2021. The decrease was re- revised down 0.1 percentage point from the advance estimate released in April. Oh, okay. So, point, so I was wrong. It was, one, it was down 1.4 was the initial, uh, was the initial GDP. Yeah, I guess so. Rating. Yeah, that's cool. And, I'm just a sports you know, writer. so I, I kind of said all that to say we've had a we've had an overheated economy. If you see an, a GDP number of that's even just if it's just slightly positive, can be a sign of a cooling economy. So if we were overheated and inflation was persisting and we need to cool off, you know, there's a couple things that can start happening, which is demand uh, can start abating for for those products. So when the demand starts slowing down, then you know, then retailers or, you know, sellers of products or services really have kind of one option, which is if they keep that, I, I, get, I take that back. They have two options with regards to their price of their products. They can either keep it the same and sell less or no products, right? Or they can say, okay, well, we're going to lower the prices on these to try to get to that equilibrium point where the buyer will step back in, um, you know, and start buying, which just by definition is deflationary. So I think we'll start seeing some of the inflation numbers abate just a little bit. And, 
we saw it in the April inflation number. It wasn't a lot. Um, you know, we were at that we were at eight and a half percent year over year in March. Uh, we thought it was going to fall to eight percent year over year in April, but it was at eight point three. So I mean, it fell slightly, but it didn't really fall. You know, I, I mean, that's like a I know almost a five percent decrease in inflation. But you know, it'll it's going to take some time for those inflationary numbers to you know to kind of come back. Um, and shrink a little bit. And that's going to be a naturally a cooling off of the economy. So if we get another quarter where it's, you know, we're down, let's just say next quarter we're down. I'm just going to pull a number out of my butt because I haven't read what GDP forecasts for Q2 are going to be. But let's say that, let's just say it's down 0.5%. I've got that for you. Um, Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm trying, man. You're the man, dude. Making Uh, me look good. You were right about the 1.4% uh, adjusted pre-tax corporate profits, meanwhile, fell at a 2.3% rate in the first quarter after a 0.7% gain in the prior three months. Higher cost for labor and supply are squeezing profit margins. Yep. On a year-on-year basis, however, corporate profits are up a strong 12.5%. Economists predict GDP will speed up in the second quarter to okay. a 2% annual rate or a bit higher. GDP figures are uh, adjusted for inflation. A couple other things you might be interested in. The increase in consumer spending was raised to a solid 3.1% from an initial 2.7%. Household outlays account for about 70% of U.S. economic economy. Yep. Uh, Business investment, another pillar of the economy, was also robust. Residential housing was not quite as strong as initially reported. Most of the other figures in the GDP report were a little changed. Yeah. And so let's talk about the corporate investment and things too. And, and we may have talked about this in a previous show. I can't remember. Um, but we're going we're gonna to flush it out again. So let's say that I'm building a new plant, you know, in the Golden Triangle in Mississippi, because that seems to be where everybody's building new plants right now. And, you know, I'm a manufacturer tires or some parts for a car or something like that. And I say, Hey, you know, I do all the math before I start, you know, building and I do, uh, you know, my forecasting and I say, this new plant is going to add, you know, 20% uh, of net profits out of the plant to, uh, you know, to our bottom line. And we're not going to use cash to do all of it. We'll do some of it in cash. We'll do some of it, or we're going to go, you know, either to the corporate debt markets, which would be, you know, bonds, or if it's not a corp, if it's not a public company, if it's a little private company, they will go to a bank and the bank says, Hey, you know what? We'll do this deal for you. Um, and it's going to cost you, let's get, let's say it's even high. It's going to cost you 7% to, to do this deal. So the, the, you know, the math, you look at it and go, okay, well, if my return on investment is going to be, you know, 20%, because that's after your interest and all that stuff too, um, with a 7% interest rate in there, you still do it. You know, you do that. So if I said, Neil, I'm going to charge you, you know, I'm going to charge you $7, but for every $100 that you make, I'm charging you 7 bucks, but you're still going to make, you know, $20 after I've charged you 
the seven bucks, um, you're going to say, okay, I'll, I'll take that. I'm going to pay you seven to make 20. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take that all day long. So there's, there's still not a disincentive for companies to invest in growing, you know, their business and some of them will do it automated. So they don't have, you know, high labor input costs, you know, they take, they do a big lick right on the front end for their machines. Um, but they don't have to worry about, you know, labor, you know, paying someone $25 an hour to put a widget on something. They're gonna have a machine put that widget. And so in inflationary periods, what you just see in places that can do it is you get more automation, which is inherently deflationary too. And right now corporations like the consumer with lots of cash on the balance sheets are really healthy. Uh, you know, and we could have some, we could have some negative GDP growth, um, again, late year, but man, I just kind of think once we do midterm, once we get through midterms, uh, and I mean, I, I just, I don't see how the, the Republicans don't take both chambers and then gridlock government and historically gridlock is really good for, you know, the economy and for markets. So, I mean, that's, I know I maybe sound like I'm kind of talking and looking through rosy colored glasses, but I'm, I'm really trying to find where is the, you know, where's the big, you know, where's the, where's the mind? Where's the, where's, where, how, what blows this things up? And the only thing that I really think blows it up is, is if we can't get inflation checked, it looks like it's kind of starting to get checked. Um, you know, and even to the point that, you know, the Fed has been real aggressive about, you know, we're going to have two 50 bit or 50 basis points, you know, half percent rate heights, rate heights in consecutive months, followed by, you know, several a quarter basis points or, or a quarter of a percent hikes, you know, throughout the rest of the year. Man, it would not surprise me at all if we get through these two half percent hikes and the Fed goes, you know what? I think we're done for the rest of the year. And then you're going to see markets take off because the markets have priced in, you know, another, you know, 1% or three quarters to 1% rate increase that doesn't happen. Now that's just my opinion. That's, I haven't flushed that out with Reed, uh, you know, or the other investment management unit. That's just, that's just Martin Palomo talking on mine on my money, but that's what I think. I hope you're right. I mean, I, you 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 would be better at this than me. I I do think things calm a little, and I agree with you. By the way, about the gridlock, and I think yeah. I think the country is ready for some gridlock. Yep, um, I agree with that. You know, and especially coming off the all of the just shit that happened during the COVID times when we were you know, exploding money into people's bank accounts, which was the root cause of where we are right now. We overdid it because there were no checks and balances. And that started with Trump. I'm not, I'm not blaming Biden for that. No, no, no. It that did. started with Trump. It did. Yeah. No, we, like I said, we need some gridlock. We need, we need politically in our country. We need a cool down. I agree with that. And maybe that leads to the markets settling and everybody can, 
gather themselves because people are kind of, like well, I said earlier, people are a little panicked right now. Yeah. Well, that was, dude, I was just about to say certainty in the market or certainty in the government, not even just government, certainty period is what the markets thrive on. Even if it's certainty that is a, that is opposite of your political beliefs or my political beliefs, the market doesn't care about the political, because if there's certainty, they can, the, you know, we can price in what's going to happen. It's when there is uncertainty, when things are just go crazy and go awry and everyone gets panicked because no one knows how to value things. So it makes sense. Um, all right, let's see what else did I want to get to? By the way, the information on GDP and stuff was from marketwatch.com. We don't typically use marketwatch a lot. They're, wanna, they're reputable. They're good. Yeah, I want to give credit where it's due. Um, trying to see who wrote the story. It was uh, Jeffrey Bartash. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, he spells his name J-E-F-F-R-Y. No E at all. Usually there's it's either Jeffrey with an E or Jeff Uri. No E. Or Just, with sometimes with a G, right? Joffrey. Yeah. Wait, Joffrey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks to uh, Jeffrey for his contribution thanks, to the show. Um, looking for other stuff before we get into the topic that I know we both want to touch on a little bit. Um, yeah. And one thing, too, I did notice. Sorry, I'll circle back to. You're fine. I saw the GDP. I hit it. I, I pulled something up on just so I could look at it, too. And I noticed that uh, that jobless claims declined again that's what i was looking for by the way and it's like yeah. dude i mean there is so the jolt numbers which are job opportunities to like the number of people that are out there are is so wide right now but i realize you know a lot of the openings may be in in jobs and professions that quote unquote the average american is unwilling to do or doesn't want to do because they found you know a better job somewhere else which goes Right back, I think we did touch this on uh, touch on this on the last um, last time we talked, which was about you know immigration policy and how such a uh, I'm not going to call it draconian, but such a you know a drying up or or squeezing of immigration policy, how that actually ends up impacting you know our economy, you know, and some people will go you know throw up walls, close the borders, blah 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 blah, but that's not how America was built. Uh, I do totally agree with doing it the right way and vetting, you know, like who, who are we allowing to come in here uh, so that we don't have or so that we can cut down on the number of, you know, liabilities that we, you know, that we import, you know, through, through legal immigration. But dude, I mean, this, the whole country was built on, you know, on immigrants and people coming in and working and, you know, and a lot of those, it's not the, you know, the guys that are going to work in the farms that are the, you know, the immigration that we need for business and, and opportunities. It's the, the really smart folks that can't, because of where they live, you know, build a business like we would want to in America that's going to be profitable because their government restricts them too much. Like those that we need to, we need to loosen up immigration policy again. And I think that'll flush out some of the, some of the labor markets too. I get off my soapbox now. Yeah, I'd like to see us loosen up legal immigration and, Correct. and crack Correct. down on illegal immigration. Yep. I, I agree with that. 
I want to do it the right way. I think there's a fix there. Yeah. But it's. We have to be willing to invest. Yeah. $40 billion. <laughs> well, it's, it's apparently really <laughs> easy to find. I mean, just, just round it up, send it off to a, a country fighting a proxy war. <clears throat> Sorry. You're good, man. I just tossed that little grenade in there. Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> threw the curveball and I swung at it. And um, he swung. <laughs> went up the entire at bat going, all right, we're not swinging with the curve. And there he throws it. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm going to swing. I want it. Yeah. Give it to me, baby. God, it's just sitting there. Um, hey, uh, a little bit of good news today uh, on S&P uh, 500's rising, the Dow's yeah. moving up. I mean, there, there's there's actually green on the markets right now. Yeah, well, and dude, and and I know that not everyone watches every day, and they shouldn't. So let me go. Let me actually disclaimer that don't watch the markets every day, but but I do. I watch them every day, and um, it has been there has been a pattern that has been going on for the last. I'm going to call it four weeks, five weeks, um, uh, probably four weeks, because April was just down, 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 down. But May has been, you know, up to next day, down to next day, up to. Next day down to, and it's just like, man, we couldn't get anywhere because, you know, as soon as the market would rip, you know, sellers would step in and, you know, people were doing what they call sell the rally, which is, I think, more retail investors than institutional because institutions don't, institutions don't do that. They don't swing at the curve. Institutions wait for, you know, that fastball down the middle and they're going to crank it out of the park. Um, But the retail investor has been messing up the institutional investors at bat if we stay on the, you know, the baseball analogy. Um, But what we have finally seen, you know, these last two days, and I'm a knock on my wood uh, in my desk. The thing that, that I'm hopeful about is, and, and I know we're kind of, we're trying to find bottom. We're settling close. We've, we've dipped, we dipped slightly below, the down 20% point last Friday, which we bought some stock. We nibbled a little bit with clients that had cash, you know, buying stock. But if we get down 25, we, we start hitting our sell discipline of buy, buy, buy across the board for all clients. Um, and we've, we've just now seen a couple of days of where you have, you know, an advance followed by an advance the next day. So it's like, if we can pick up some steam, and, you know, and get moving, we can accelerate. You know, we might have found bottom. Uh, I don't know if we have or not, but, you know, we might have found the bottom already, which would be great. That would be great. All right, we've touched on uh, touched on the big things here. Um, yeah. Obviously, the story in our country this week has been the, the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Right. 19, Mostly fourth graders, I think a handful of third graders, whatever. It's horrible. I mean, young kids between the ages of seven and ten gunned down, two teachers uh gunned down. Just it's it's incomprehensible and yet these school shootings happen in our country not all the time. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but they happen. Mass shootings happen frequently. There was just one in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the homicide rate 
gun-related homicide rate in our country, not just school shootings or mass shootings, but just murders, is is up remarkably. There's there's so much there, and I know that the media uh, tries to politicize these things. I know that both parties politicize these things. Right. You and I were talking about this before we started. I was telling you, you know, I'm not a gun person. I've I've never owned a gun. I've I've only shot a gun one time in my entire life. I was doing radio and mobile, and we did a remote show out at a, it was sponsored by a gun range. And so they got me in to do it. And I remember being scared of it. I I, I never hunted. My dad didn't hunt. Um, I didn't do it. There were no guns in my house growing up. I've always I've always thought, Martin, this is where and look, I'm not a moderate anymore. I'm pretty conservative. Um but I've always thought there was room for common sense gun control that didn't um that didn't do anything to to uh lean on the second amendment because I think the second amendment's important. I think I think the Constitution is a brilliant document. Um, but I always thought, you know, there's some things that can be done. And after the last two years, I understand why the right is as, um, what's the word I'm looking for, hesitant to do any sort of compromise because, frankly, over the last two-plus years, you've seen wh- how that works. But yet... I don't know how we in our country can look at the crime statistics we have, can look at these shootings, can look at what happened in Uvalde, and, and, and at least not come to the conclusion that, you know what, this is one of the few things that Republicans and Democrats have in common. We care about our kids. We, yep. We've got to do something, at a minimum, to make it much more difficult across the board for people who mean harm to get into a school. At a minimum, we should be able to say, hey, we have different views on a lot of stuff. We have different views on guns. We have different views on, like, I told you this, I think it should be more difficult to get a gun than it is. I think there should be, this is where I'm, I'm, I mean, we got Big Brother all in on everything now. I mean, they want to put a microchip the World Economic Forum that Klaus Schwab wants to put microchips in people so that you know who's getting their vaccines or not. I mean, we're we're all in on Big Brother, yet when some an eighteen year old kid orders rifles and almost four hundred rounds of ammunition, no red flag goes up. That red flag should go up, Martin. Where someone goes, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do you need body armor and Kevlar and 400 rounds of ammunition. What do you need that for? I mean, that's not that's not to go hunt. That's not to protect your 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 home. What do you need that for? And maybe in some cases, in some cases, there's a perfectly logical explanation. But that should set off an alarm bell. Like, hey, this there's a problem here. And if if we could have a system where there's just a question. Just someone goes out and sees this kid who's 
dead now, the murderer, and realize, no, no, there's a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. We need to bring him in. We need to put him someplace, figure out what's going on, and get, get investigate further, get some help. He needs help. At a minimum, he needed help. Yeah, and, I'm, and I've seen a couple of things on the internet that, uh, you know, I, I realize, you know, n- not necessarily don't believe everything you've seen on the internet, but, you know, like, it's, and it was politi- political spinning, you know, where, um, like, he was uh, dressed in, in drag or, you know, had a skirt on and, whatnot and you know the of course the right is spinning it of you know hey the left is not going to talk about this because you know he's a part of the lgbtq community and they don't want to you know they don't want to talk about about this or he was hispanic and doesn't fit the you know white male walking into you know a school and and doing this and i I don't know that that the media would not talk about those things i want to believe that the media wouldn't care and would, would report it anyway. But I, I, I do agree with you about, and I, and I own guns. Um, I own handguns at my house, um, for protection. You know, we, we do live in Jackson. I haven't had any issues. Um, you know, knock on wood again, I own rifles, um, or a rifle. I shouldn't say rifles. I own a rifle that is a hunting rifle. It has not been modified to, you know, it is a, uh, if you, you know, fire a round out of the rifle you have to pull back the chamber and you know push it forward again it is not a you know as someone to say a an assault rifle or a semi-automatic uh rifle it is bolt action um but you know in this country too it's at age 20 you have to be 25 years old to rent a car because the car rental companies don't believe that Someone under the age of 25 is responsible enough to handle a rental car. Um, but, you know, I would not be opposed, and this may not be popular. And I guess let me go back to the something we kind of talked about pre-show. For me, you know, I know they say that the male brain, and it's and it's overwhelmingly males that do, the statistically overwhelmingly males that do school shootings. And I saw some statistics that it was overwhelmingly, you know, males that are age um, 15 to 19 were the, and they did have, you know, age 25, there was a pretty big number there too, but it was most, it was mostly 15 to 19 years old um, that were, that were committing, you know, these, these crazy acts. Uh, But like, I know my brain, I don't think my brain fully, and, and, and my wife may argue that my brain is still developing. Um, But my brain was not, dude, I made terrible decisions in my early mid twenties and even into some of my late twenties. Uh, I was not responsible with, with things. And I just think that I would not be opposed if, you know, if we, and I'm pro second amendment. And I know you said, you know, that you're not a gun guy, but that, um, that, that you know, that you are, that you're pro second amendment. But, uh, if, if they came in and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to raise the minimum age to, you know, to buy handguns to 25, I would say, okay, that, that sounds reasonable to me. I don't think that that's the government, you know, impeding my rights as an American citizen, but I also don't own any, 
you know, high capacity weapons. And I mean, I'm sure that there's reasons to have them for, you know, I've got friends that have them, they go, you know, out into the woods or to a range and, and shoot them. But I also know I've taken some defensive weapons class for, you know, for my concealed carry permit. And every time that I've had, I've been in those classes, the instructors have said that, you know, the, they don't know where the theory that an AK-47 or, you know, or an AR is the best home defense weapon. Uh, they don't know where people started coming up with that because it's an awful home defense weapon because one, you've got a high, high velocity, you know, um, weapon that's going to, you know, spit rounds out. And, but those rounds will pierce through drywall. And so if you have a child sleeping in the other room and you just, you know, just blanket the house with a AR because an intruder comes in, that's not your best defense. Your best defense is a, is a defensive shotgun to, you know, where you, if you're not aiming right at the person, but in the general vicinity, then, you know, you, you neutralize the, the threat, but you don't, you know, you don't injure someone in the other room or God forbid, even someone that's outside of your home where, uh, you know, where a rifle round is going to travel several hundred yards before it comes to rest. Um, so like defensive shotguns, defensive, you know, pistols are what they say makes the most sense. And, you know, if you're quote unquote, protecting yourself and for us, I mean, that's what we own. We own protection firearms and I have one rifle for hunting. Yeah. And, and, the the reason that nobody wants to budge on this is because there's a concern and frankly after the last 2 years it's valid martin there's a concern that if you budge on this that they'll come next for your handgun sure next I, they'll I, come look, for the I don't, pistol i don't disagree with you on that next they'll come for this next they'll come for your for your hunting guns and they'll they'll look at australia look at china and you're like yeah look at china look at look at their the way that they completely control the people there with no, nobody yeah it's 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 why i've I've told people the last two plus years in our country the way we handled covid the lies that were told the the way it was abused was a really bad thing because you've you you get people now that they don't trust and they just dig in the heels and the the two sides you see it this week I mean, you've seen it in, in the last 48 hours since this horrific shooting, nobody can really have an honest conversation. It, every, it turns into political talking Politics, points. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a, a callous thing to say, hey, so maybe we should be revisiting where we're spending our, our tax dollars. Sure. $40 billion to Ukraine. What, how far would $40 billion go towards hardening our schools? I saw the math on that. I think they said it's like 131,000 public schools in the U.S., which would be like $412,000 per school or something like that. Um, I did see the math on that. You know, maybe that's a better use of our money. Um, well, I mean, and look, I know my kids, my girls go to, they do go to a private school in Jackson. Um, and you cannot get on campus into a building where students are like they're all the, all of the buildings are secured with them. It's got magnetic locks. You know, if you have an ID that has the magnetic, you know, key fob thingy, you can get in that building. But if you walk on campus and try to get in a building, you can't, 
I mean, you can go to the front office and check in there and then they escort you to whatever building you need to be at, or they tell you, sit up here, we'll get your child and bring your child to you. Um, you know, and we also have, we have three really great security offices. And I realize people are going to say, oh, well, you know, your public school and you guys, I mean, your private school, you guys can pay for that. And, and they're right. And, but, but I pay my taxes too for public schools and I pay my federal taxes for aid that could be sent to public schools. I'm not trying to leave out public schools, but I don't have any control over that. I guess my vote is my control, but hell, even the, there's no administration in the past that's done it either. So I don't know that my vote does control anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I see stuff like this and in, in, in my mind, I think it seems like we could find some common ground here. Yeah. I mean, we, it's it, federal buildings. You can't get into a federal building with a firearm locked down. Courtrooms, uh, airports. Court, air, I mean, hell, after nine eleven, you can't get into a airport with a, you know, with a weapon walking through security. But I instead, mean, instead of saying, "Hey, okay, let's put the gun control conversation to the side for a moment and let's address this," let's address this happening at schools, which is everyone's worst nightmare. Right. Let's they're get, help. They're totally helpless. Let's get that done first and then we'll circle back to the other that we just have such a hard time with instead what we do is we have this contentious week of battles yeah and we do nothing and and then something else happens in the world and we just move on yeah and Putin's it, gonna take a dump somewhere else and we'll be talking about russia yeah it just as soon it, we're, we're i guess or, we're coaching our uh, President Xi is going to invade Taiwan, and we'll talk about that. Because it's a, it's an election year, and nobody wants to do anything that might affect their status, with the exception of Beto O'Rourke. He, <laughs> I mean, he's like, hey, why not? Let's run the Hail Mary. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, it, our, 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 our Congress people and government have no incentive to have testicular fortitude. No. No, I mean... I mean if they were like knew that they had two terms and shit, I mean, I almost would rather say, Hey, you know what? Vote them in for two terms guaranteed if they, and they're done. So like they have to get their shit done. Whatever they're trying to get done has to get done. Oh, I'd, I would, I would love, ter- I would love term limits. Yes. I mean, when you have what, what uh, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell have been in, in Congress for how long? I don't even know. I mean, for, forever. Alive. Yeah. Longer than I've been alive. I mean, they're, 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 they're so powerful at this point. Think of, Think of how in bed both of them must be with lobbies, lobbies, and lobbyists. Yeah. I mean, you don't you get the longer those people are up there, Republicans and Democrats. Before anybody thinks I'm being political, the longer those people are up there, the more compromised they are. I I, I believe that, a hundred percent believe that. And so you know, it's but there's yeah the 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 truth is martin is it's one of the have testicles right because you don't want to piss anybody off because you want to get reelected yeah the truth is this isn't about trump and i'm not i wasn't particularly a trump guy but 
One of the reasons even, that Washington, even less now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I think he does not need to run. But one of the reasons that Washington right. pushed back on Trump so much is because he was not an insider. He was not yeah. part of their deal, where everybody kind of is in he on gave, the in on the no joke. Shits. Yeah, he didn't care. Yeah, he was going to do it differently, and he was rocking the boat. Whether you liked him or disliked him, you have to agree he was rocking the boat. Yeah, and and they don't like the boat getting rocked up there. They call each other names and stuff but at the end of the day they're all being courted by the same different lobbies and stuff and nothing happens and this is an example where i think something could happen i think you could sit down and say hey at a minimum we all agree here right from aoc to the most conservative one we all agree here that we we we, we want to protect kids we in schools kids. yeah we all agree I mean, on I would that think right that that's the one universal thing that probably every human can agree on yeah so i'll say okay protect your children so what can we do here it's like natural instinct of humans yeah what can we do here to protect the kids at schools is are are there things that we can do yes can we make it foolproof probably not can you can you make it a lot harder though because this this guy this guy got confronted here's what's crazy about this is he did get confronted by an armed officer a student off you know one of the, the school officers and nothing happened to him i mean so, in other words, the school officer either just didn't do his job. Because I got to tell you, if you're a school officer and someone walks up to the school carrying a rifle. You put them down. I mean, you got to say uh, something. You either die trying or you put them down. Yeah, I mean, they something's got to happen right there. Yep. And nothing happened. He ne- They never exchanged anything until the guy was in the building. And then it's too late. He got embar- he got barricaded in a fourth grade two room classroom, and he killed everybody in there. Um. Well, and 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 I mean, it took it took, it, it, it took forty but. minutes for officers to get into the. I don't understand. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy too. But you remember when you used to talk about, and I know we got to reach back a couple, you know, eighteen months. When we were talking about, you know, COVID and you were saying like, if COVID was killing our kids, yeah, it would be the whole world's resources behind eradicate. Everyone would cooperate. No one would be of course, bullshitting and all the political BS. Yes. And then here we are. Obviously it's, it's not COVID, but you know, but we can't rally behind it. Even something that was a little disappointing. Um, I, I saw you know, Obama, a comment that he made that was, you know, he was making a comment about the the school shooting. And then in the same tweet says, let's not forget, you know, this is also the two year anniversary of George Floyd's death by kneeling by a cop. And I was just like, dude, like, can I get it? Like trying to memorialize, you know, that we have a lot of things wrong, but like, I thought that was he, and I I really think he's a pretty intelligent guy. I thought it was really tone deaf of him to, you know, to to try to mix that in. It's just like they just no one on in politics cannot politicize it, even a reasonably level headed former president. Maybe they should elect us, Martin. We go up to, <laughs> go up to Washington. We'll be like, hey, look, I'll be your number two, Neil. 
You know, I think it's safe probably, to say I'm we not probably gonna, would not get elected. I think it's um, safe to say that I would not get elected at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not getting elected either, but I would just dump all my stuff out on the front end. I don't. I've already done all that, so I don't. I don't care. But um, they, we probably would not get elected because I would they the they would see that <laughs> I'm not going to fall into the I'm I'm going to be a I won't be a Trump and because he was a total asshole, but you know, but I would not follow their their good old boy rules and whatever I'd be out of there or either I would be assassinated probably. Cause I'll just tell him I give no F's about what you think. Yeah. I, and that's, that's why I'd love to see term limits where you had more, more, more Congress people in that second and final term go, all right, you know what? I'm going to get stuff done. Yeah. Let me get stuff done. I'm out. I know I'm out. Yeah. I'm not, let I can't run again. Done. So let me get some stuff done. Yep. Instead they are all getting rich. And yes, they're all getting rich. The Republicans, the Democrats. When you see these yep. senators, so this is across the board. This isn't just Republicans, it isn't just Democrats. It's both. You have to admit this yeah. is both. This is I mean, the problem. This is the problem in our country. Yes, Joe Biden has been a career politician. Yep. His salary has typically been a couple hundred grand. Yep. His wife was was a was a professor. Yes. People that, go, Doctor Jill made, Biden. Made she wasn't a heart income. surgeon. Yes, she made some money, but no, nobody yeah. was making nobody was making millions and suddenly there i don't want to i don't even want to pick on him because it's too political i'm gonna go back to what i was doing a minute ago democrats and republicans these are senators who come in and they're business people or what they get they get jobs as senators they end up being senators for 20 years and you look up and their net worth is is 50 million dollars or more how do you think that happened they all become consultants and they're board members and so how, how, how do you their family members get get positions. How do you? What yeah. do you think's going on? Yeah, that is no, getting, cor- that is corruption. That is corruption. Yeah, his his net worth is forty one million. Who's Biden's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no explanation for him being worth forty one billion dollars. And he, has he written a book? He hadn't written a book. Did you say forty one right. million? Right, forty one million. Forty one. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. He, he, no one's buying his book. Come on. Has he, has he written a book? I don't know whether he's written a book or not, but nobody was. Because, I mean, I know, you know, a lot of the no one said Obama's net worth was because of the books that, you yeah, know, but Obama that was successful a, books. Obama so. was a former president. So it makes sense that former presidents write books and make a ton of money. Joe Biden's a former vice president. He hasn't written a book in the last year. And if he did, no one was buying it. He's, he's incredibly unpopular. There's no explanation for Joe Biden being worth that amount of money. But no, I agree with you that I think politicians, there's a, you know, they're getting, and I mean, and that's how the lobby industry exists, right? Because the lobby industry is those guys get paid to set meetings and they're not getting paid to set the meetings and keeping all that money for themselves. They're probably having to tell like, you know, Hey, Senator, I got, you know, XYZ company really wants an audience with you and they're willing to pay you know, $50,000 for the meeting for lunch. And the Senator says, cool. So really XYZ company is probably paying a hundred grand for the lunch and 50 is going to the lobbyists and 50 is going, I, I don't know that to be true. That's just me pontificating, but I imagine that's how that, that's how that happens. Yeah. Lobbyists are not benevolent. No, no, they're the farthest thing from that. Right. And that's, but they're, their their value is that they have political connections they can get people in front of that 
need to be in front of those people. So that's how they have such a, a strong industry. I mean, hell, if I was the CEO of a energy company, and maybe not a big one like Exxon or BP or, you know, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, but maybe I'm like a small or midsize and I've got restrictions on what I can do because of government that caught, that's valuable to me. I mean, I'm paying money to get in front of the energy secretary to go, hey, dude, whose palm do I have to grease to be able to drill this hole or extract this oil and we can keep it off the books under the table, but who, who do I have to pay to get this done? I mean, I, as a business operator, that's just the cost of doing business. Yeah. Well, Martin, we've stayed almost an hour, so we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> shut it down here now that we've solved the world's we problems. We said 40 minutes and we, we went off, uh, we, we were solving the world's problems. I hope, I hope some of our listeners got to, got to laugh at me in the last 20 minutes they probably laughed and got mad at both of us so we're we're, we're probably I'm, good maybe maybe some of them agree with us though. oh there's and some, keep there, listening there's certainly some that do there's there's a lot of like i said there's there's a lot more common ground on some of these topics than people care to admit it just yeah. we're being the messaging right now is being done by the extremes on both right. sides that's that's what's happened and, and the majority is silent yeah. Truly. Yeah. Well, Quiet. And, yeah. And in today's environment, people are silent because they're scared. You don't want to, sure. you don't want to say something and get canceled. Um, all right. We'll stop there. Uh, everyone cool. enjoy your uh, holiday weekend. Got a, most everybody has a three day weekend coming up. Oh so, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. So enjoy, enjoy, <laughs> have a good time, be safe traveling. And uh, thanks for making us a part of your week. We look forward to talking to you again next week on mind on my money presented by pinnacle. Don't forget. It's my pinwealth.com m-y-p-i-n-n wealth.com for martin palomo i'm neil mccrady take care